Narratology by Peter Young by Cadwell Turnbull Novelists should thank Flaubert the way poets thank spring. It all begins again with him. There's really a time before Flaubert and a time after him. Flaubert decisively established what most readers and writers think of as modern realist narration, and his influence is almost too familiar to be visible. James Wood Gustave Flaubert was in a brothel, a woman's legs wrapped tightly around his thrusting hips when it entered him at climax. He screamed like he had been run through with electric knives. What is wrong with you? asked the woman. Gustave didn't answer because it told him not to. He went home, and in his dreams the thing spoke to him. It told Gustave that he would be its vessel, and it would make Gustave a famous writer. You've been struggling with your writing, yes? What are you? Gustave asked. Nothing in particular. And everything? Gustave considered this. Do I have a choice? You don't, it said. In 1842, Gustave finished November, a fitting novella about sexuality and voyeurism, dictated to him by his narrator. Gustave hated the thing inside him, but he felt powerful. In 1849, he finished the first version of The Temptation of St. Anthony, against his narrator's wishes. Over four days, he read it to two of his writer friends, now allowing them to offer a word of criticism until he was finished. When he was done, he stared out over his papers, red-faced and sweating. You know I love your work, said Bouillet, but perhaps phantasms are not for you. You should return to real life. Yes, yes, said Maxim. Toss that in the fire. I told you, it said. Gustave was having an affair with poet Luis Colette at the time. Luis was special, not like the more casual relationships he'd been maintaining with several other men and women. Luis was also married, something that wasn't a problem until Gustave got the desperate idea that he would steal Luis from her husband. He would gather the money and leave France with Luis forever, he thought. Secretly, he hoped he could leave the narrator behind as well. Louise came over and they drank wine late into the night. Near sunrise, they stepped out onto the balcony, and Gustave prepared himself to convince her of what needed to be done. But a painful scream rushed into his ears. You belong to me, his narrator told him, and took control of his body. Possessed, Gustave told Louise he wanted to end things and kicked her out. I never want to see you again, it made him say. Later, he would write a letter to her apologizing for his bad behavior. His letter would not survive as one of the correspondences that made him so famous. I wish so much that there could be more for us, he wrote. But there is something inside me that cannot be controlled. They would continue their relationship for a few years, but Gustave would keep her at a distance. And one night in the winter of 1854, she would reach her breaking point. What is it, she asked. Tell me or I'm leaving. I don't know, he said. He didn't say more because it wouldn't let him. Gustave finished Madame Bovary to a mixture of acclaim and surprise. Madame Bovary's narrator was a hovering telepathic ghost. It was unsentimental and unintrusive. This is a new thing, said a critic. Gustave locked himself in the bathroom and laughed until his throat ached. To others, he looked happy, grateful for his fortune. Alone, he struggled in his study with his personal demon. The thing could not be satisfied. 
Often it would yell at him, not good enough, and poor Gustav would have to start over. Even worse, the narrator often changed the story as he retold it in revision. Gustav would point this out, and the thing would ask, rather combatively, Are you calling me a liar? Oh no, Gustav would say. Repeat that last part again? Gustav complained to his niece Caroline, This work is tiresome. I cannot take it. But it is your passion, she said. Not mine, he said. I'm driven by strange compulsions. As the years went on, he filled a hole in himself with drink and smoke and venereal diseases. The narrator inside him egging him on. You will be a story I tell one day, it said. Gustav died in 1880 of a cerebral hemorrhage. His last words? It is finished. The narrator left his host and found his kin and told him of what it had done and the untapped power that lay within humanity. This will save us all, it said, and they all went out to find a place for themselves. Many of them learned early on that it was best not to talk to their authors, at least not in an obvious way, as they slowly tormented them. It made their hosts last longer. There would be many more authors burned up in a narrative fire, driven to alcoholism and depression and psychosis. The ones who knew, who sensed the things inside them, would ask why. And the narrators would answer, because we are drowning and we need your air. This would terrify the authors. They'd pack stones into their pockets and step into the cold, dark water and drown themselves. As their lungs burned up, they would ask, What will you do now? And the narrators would say, Find another. And so they have. Peter Young is a water tower genius and the author of several books. His novel Life at Midnight was a New York Times notable book and named one of the best books of 2016 by Rolling Stone. This excerpt, was taken from his personal essay collection, Skin Deep. He lives in Salem, Maine, with his wife and two daughters. You've just listened to Narratology by Peter Young, by Cadwell Turnbull. This story was read to you by the author. Cadwell Turnbull is the founder and creative manager of Many Worlds. He is the author of the science fiction novels The Lesson and No Gods, No Monsters, His short fiction has appeared in The Verge, Lightspeed, Nightmare, Asimov Science Fiction, and several anthologies, including The Best American Science Fiction and Fantasy 2018 and The Year's Best Science Fiction and Fantasy 2019. His debut novel, The Lesson, was a finalist for the Newcomb Institute Literary Award, shortlisted for the VCU Cabell Award, and longlisted for the Massachusetts Book Award. Turnbull lives in Raleigh and teaches at North Carolina State University. To find out more about Many Worlds, check us out at manyworldsforum.com. Thank you for listening to Many Worlds. Worlds.